Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from CPAs and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you real results, both in business and building the life you desire. to episode number 31 of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, brought to you by PJS and CPAs. I'm your host, Megan Spicer. We covered the business impact last week, so we wanted to check in. We're talking to Jamie Johnson today about what you can look for personally and what you need to know for your family moving forward with this stimulus update. So good morning, Jamie. Good morning, Meg. How you doing? Oh, good. You know, we were chatting a little bit about just the craziness that we're going through. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody in general, the world. Right. But, <laughs> hanging in you there. Know, exactly. You know, the, I, there's just not, there's not one person not affected by all this, no matter no. who you are, what you are, you know, what you do, what you don't do, <laughs> No, you know, a little bit of everything. So I am. Um, I keep finding myself, give grace, give grace, give grace to myself, give grace to others. And just because, you know, you just, everybody has a different situation and you hear heartbreaking situations, you find encouragement in other situations. So, um, you know, it, it definitely has been a journey, but, uh, you know, for all those out there that wanted, you know, you say, okay, great. So there's all these business packages, but is there anything for me and my family and what we can do and everything? So we kind of felt like we really needed to break that out and define that. And, um, you know, this had more applicability to people that are typical W-2 employees. Um, you know, if them and their spouse are, are W-2 employees and what that means for them, or if they've been laid off from their job, what that means for them. So we really wanted to take time and define that for them too, because, Although we believe that small, you know, the businesses and uh, especially small business is the backbone of America, do believe that uh, wholeheartedly. But it's also, you know, there's an individual side of that too. We're all we're all kind of the backbone right now, and um, all needing all the help that we can get. So, yeah, definitely, it's very overwhelming with all the information, I and mean, we were chatting about that too, just as far as you know, oh, my neighbor said this about the stimulus bill. But when I went to Google it, I couldn't find any information. And, you know, it's just there's so much information coming at us from so many different angles. So I think a lot of people are going to appreciate the summary of, okay, what's actually going on? What do I need to do? You know, what are the facts? So let's hop in and start talking about some of the tax deadline uh, information that's changed. Sure. So, the, you know, the number one biggest thing um, that's really going to affect uh, everybody is our tax deadline. So that was extended. Um, C corporations and individuals are typically due on April 15th. And the payment, even if you extend your taxes, is due always on April 15th. So even if you extend your payment, if you if you owe taxes, that is always still due on April 15th. So they have extended that deadline to July 15th. So no payment is necessary um, until July 15th. No penalties or interests are going to accrue or anything like that. So um, that's kind of like the biggest, um, you know, one of, the, one of the biggest changes is that, and you don't have to file a form. I know uh, typically you file form 4868, 
don't fall asleep yet. <laughs> uh oh, you're throwing form numbers at me. Oh my gosh. Um, but that's typically your six month extension um, on all of your forms for any, whether it be business or individual tax returns. So um, those are actually not, it's unclear right now if filing that form on July 15th, if that's going to extend to October 15th. Um, which is the normal six-month extension date, or, or if it's going to go out even further. I don't know. There's not. I, I think they're trying to get through the meat of, of everything that's going on first and then good clarification later. So I'm sure okay. that those, yeah, those are details to follow. Um, now, once July 15th hits, uh, you know, it's going to be your, it's going to start occurring penalties and interest as it stands right now. Could things change? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think we're in a, hour by hour, it feels like on, on some things, um, with everything that's going on, it's an hour by hour change, but currently you don't need to file a form. That's just kind of an automatic deadline extension that the IRS and the treasury department has extended on those. But what I would say with that is know where you're at. So if you are going to have an amount due, I wouldn't delay doing your taxes, um, until that point. I, you kind of, if you are going to have an amount due, you know, you probably need to know that before July 15th. Um, So if you have to have the money ready, so you don't incur penalties and interest, um, definitely I would do that, you know, so um, don't, don't delay the preparation of it, I guess maybe is, is what I'm saying. So. And if you know you have a refund coming, do it as soon as you can too, right? Yes. Yeah, the Treasury Department um, is uh, encouraging everybody who, if you are in a refund position, just go ahead and get that back. Um, And that's not because we're going to run out of funds or anything like that, but just merely to get the money back in your pocket as quick as possible. Um, I know somebody that filed in like within, you know, eight to nine days of them filing, including weekend dates, they had the refund in their bank account. So it was a pretty quick turnaround um, for them. You know, typically you're looking at two to three weeks at least um, on the normal. So they are trying to really speed those up and get that in your account. Yeah, it's pretty unprecedented. I know when we did ours, it was pretty quick turnaround. And it makes you wonder, like, if they could do this the whole time, why why, why have they been waiting to process our payments? Hold on a minute. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But speaking of... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But speaking of money back in your pockets, everybody's been talking about this tax stimulus payment. And I I personally have heard multiple numbers flying around about, oh, everyone's getting a flat 1200. No one, you know, no one really knows what's going on. So talk to us a little bit about what the details are of this whole situation. Absolutely. So these payments are supposed to start next week, um, next Monday, uh, more specifically, the week of April 13th is what they actually have released um, when those are supposed to start taking place. So um, what this is, is if you are an individual, you're going to get $1,200. Okay. If you are a married couple, um, you are going to get $2,400. And then there's $500 per dependent. Now, the dependent piece does follow the child tax credit laws, so they do have to be under 17 um, for you to get that dependent um, kind of bonus and everything. Now, um, they are going to look at your 2019 return if you have filed it, okay? If not, they're going to look at your 2018 return. Um, So if you have filed your 2019 by then, 
they're going to pull your bank information if you have a direct deposit from a refund. And if you're somebody who owes, we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. What they're going to do is look at your 2019 data. Um, so if you are a married filing joint person, um, $150,000 of your AGI. So this is going to be, if you go to your 1040, um, mm -hmm. your individual tax return, and you go to line 8B, that's where that adjusted gross income is going to come from. Okay. And um, that's going to be completely phased out at 199 Okay. And then uh, same thing with single, it's going to be $75,000 for a single. It's going to start phasing out and it'll be completely phased out at $99,000. So, so, um, so to be clear, you're getting the full amount of those. So if an individual under $75,000, they are going to make, they're going to receive the full $1,200 and then it goes in tiers down from correct. that, correct? No, it, you, you'll get a parcel amount. Now, okay. if you pay over 99, then you're not going to probably get any. I know I looked at somebody that was an individual that was at 97,000 and I think their stimulus payment with no dependents was like $46 or something like that last oh, night. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there's, you know, it, it's, it's going to really start phasing out when you get yeah. closer to 99 um, if you're single. Now, the other piece of that, um, so that's going to be direct deposited into your account wherever your refund goes. Okay. So let's okay. just say they don't have my direct deposit ref information and I pay and mm -hmm. they, and I write them a check and I send them a check. And because if you have it electronically withdrawn, they're still going to have your bank account information. Okay. Right. Now that's not, I have not read that specifically anywhere that that's what they're going to do. Okay. If you do pay electronically on your tax return um, when you e-file your forms with your tax preparer. But with them having that information just the same way that they direct deposit, I would assume that that's going to come right back to your bank account. Okay. If you write them a check and you say, well, they don't have my bank information, so they can't, the treasury is planning to develop a web-based portal so that you can actually go in, insert your bank information um, to the IRS online so you can really, you get the payments um, as opposed to checks in the mail. So they're still trying to process things um, electronically and not through the mail as much as possible. Okay. So um, if that's you and you have a question on that, ask your tax preparer. Now, one of the bigger questions um, that clarification came through pretty instantaneously because there was quite a few of these instances is for instance, when you have social security recipients and they don't make enough to file a tax return, you know, they say, what about that stimulus payment? What about that for us? Um, so if you do receive your social security benefits, okay, and you do not file a tax return, you still will receive the stimulus. If you have dependents, you will not receive that $500. Now there is no clarification on if you have those dependents and you can get that later at a later date because what they're pulling, if you don't file a tax return and you don't report those dependents, your social security is only for you. Okay. So that's the only information that they have to pull from. Uh, okay. Okay. So, um, you know, I'm sure that, you know, if there's instances where you do have dependents, I think in most cases, most of those people are going to be filing a tax return because they're going to be having, you know, the child tax credit, the earned income credit. They're going to be um, eligible for a lot of that uh, refundable tax credits anyway. So uh, I think they're, they're really trying to blanket and get everybody as much as they can. Uh, but you have to understand where they're pulling their information from and what that information gives them. So your social security benefits 
doesn't report anything on dependents. Your tax return does. And that's where, where you see that difference at. Okay. okay. So, um, so, you know, one of the other questions is, is, well, what if in 2019 I made $210,000 and then I lost my job and I, I ended up making $120,000 and I'm a married filing jointly person mm-hmm. that will be adjusted on your 2020 return. So this credit will be trued up. Okay. Um, and you will get that additional credit on your tax return when you file your 2020 tax return. Okay. Uh, cause you know, I mean, even right now it's like, we have no idea where things are really going to end up. The impacts are really going to be seen. Um, I, I've kind of said all along, like no matter whether it's financial information or it's just practical information, things are coming in waves. So mm-hmm. we're constantly happening to react to what is going on because the future is unknown. Right. right. So, um, so there's going to be a lot more clarification. Now, on the flip side of that, if in 2019 you made $120,000 and then in 2020, you know, you make $210,000 and so you would have been normally phased out of that credit. Um, I don't, there's not clarification right now if that's going to true up on your tax return on the flip side of that too. So okay. Another thing too is with the past tax debt. So some people say, hey, I owe money to the government. Am I not going to get my stimulus payment? Are they going to take that and apply that to my past tax debt? Um, uh, or if I've defaulted you know, on my student loans, it, are they going to keep that? They are not keeping anything. There's only one situation right now that would disqualify you from the stimulus payment. And that would be if you are behind on child support obligations to the states And the states have reported that to the Treasury Department. Okay, so those are the only times when if you're kind of in any default status that they're going to keep the stimulus. Okay, so um, I do know that in our show notes, too, there we're going to include that stimulus calculator. And so you can go in and you can input your AGI and you can put in how many dependents you have, how you file. Um, and to compute that so you can get a really um, specific amount of what you know and you can expect um, from the government and everything. So, And the show notes for this episode can be found at pjscpas.com forward slash three one. And like Jamie said, we will go ahead and link to that stimulus check calculator in the show notes for this episode. Okay, so now we're moving on to unemployment. And there's a lot of confusion around this topic, too. And, you know, like we were talking about with the the stimulus payments, there's so much information and misinformation floating around out there about this. So let's chat a little bit about what we know about unemployment. And, you know, again, let's lay out the facts for people so that they know what's really going on. Sure. Yeah. You know, unemployment is... I think it's probably going to be one of the most confusing topics um, when it comes to the stimulus right now, Um, simply because even before all of this, before this pandemic, before, you know, everything rolled out, unemployment agencies were already running very behind. And it's confusing applying for, like, I remember applying for unemployment back in 2008 with when all that happened and I was laid off. 
And I was in school, obviously didn't know much about it, but it was it was a confusing process even then without all the chaos that's going on right now. Like, obviously, we were in a recession during that time and there was a lot going on then, but it pales in comparison to the situation now. So I can only imagine the confusion surrounding all of that right now. There is. And I mean, I've had people say I've called in and I can't get through or I, I've i been told they I think in Texas here, they actually started giving blocks of time. Um, so oh, if your wow. area code is a certain number, you're supposed to call during this time. If your area codes, you know, so they've tried to kind of block it off mm-hmm. to kind of help with the masses and everything. Um, right. And so, you know, something that this federal unemployment uh, program actually rolls out um, is that it includes self-employed individuals, which normally, obviously, self-employed people are not eligible for unemployment. Yeah. So the one big caveat with this, all right, unemployment is ran from a state level. It is not ran from a federal level. Okay. So the federal level, um, the program that was rolled out that was part of the stimulus, obviously there's so much there and they're trying to do so much for so many people, um, trying to get that inclusion and just kind of set a standard um, for the states to follow. The states have to adopt the federal program for it to be applicable in that state, okay? And for them to receive the federal funding for this, all right? So it is very very, very important as tedious and time consuming as it is that you understand if your state has the benefits that they're allowing and what your state program is. So I know that's not a great answer because everybody's probably listening going, I need clarification on this and I need you to give me this specific answer. And it's kind of, you need to find out more information. It's just one of those kind of, um, it's a beast. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, so with the federal program, some of the things that they have rolled out is, you know, like I said before, self-employed individuals uh, are covered under that. So in addition to normal state benefits, which that ranges from state to state, um, there's actually an an additional $600 per week will be paid to individuals for up to four months. Okay. Benefits are actually going to last a little bit longer too. So regular um, state unemployment typically is around 26 weeks. Okay. And it's actually been expanded for an additional 13 weeks. Oh, wow. um, so before it's like a half of a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. But now we're kind of moving to like three fourths of a year. Um, they're wow. willing to pay. Okay. So um, independent contractors, self-employed individuals, that doesn't, unemployment insurance typically doesn't apply to them. Um, yeah. And here it's going to, uh, and that's part of the federal program. So um, let's see. So individuals who haven't been laid off but can't work due to COVID-19, okay, would also be eligible for unemployment. Could be. I should say could be. So maybe they were diagnosed with COVID-19. Maybe they're awaiting a diagnosis because we know that some of, you know, these tests are not an overnight test and not an immediate test. Right. So um, maybe they had a family member just diagnosed with it. Um, maybe they were set to schedule a job and couldn't because their future workplace shut down, okay, due to the, the COVID-19. And they could also be eligible, okay? Workers that are furloughed, so they haven't been fully laid off, um, they are eligible. And then the seven-day waiting period uh, before an unemployed worker can get benefits, um, it's being waived 
to help individuals receive cash as quickly as possible. However, mm-hmm. they're backlogged. Um, yeah. So, you know, um, I know everybody has an immediate need, but if there's modifications that you can do personally just to reduce the amount of stress in your household um, and just plan that there's a lot of people like you and to just kind of understand that and to take a breath and to plan accordingly, if you can. I know that there are many cases where people are going day by day and, yeah. and everything. So um, so just know that with uh, when it comes to unemployment, like I said, I know there's no clear cut like answer specifically for you necessarily in this podcast, but get educated, um, find out what your state is doing and, and everything. So, And this is what the government is doing for assistance. And I I just want to point out again, I know we've been talking about it in various other episodes, but reach out to your community, to your neighbors, to, you know, I know multiple smaller restaurants here are doing fundraiser situations where they're asking for donations for families who can't afford food. And then they have a separate email set up where people can go in and request for food or assistance in that way. So there's a lot of people just pulling together in communities that I'm seeing. And it's amazing. Like I, it's awesome. So just remember that you're not alone too in that regard. Like everybody is feeling very isolated because you are stuck at home. You feel kind of alone, but there's social media, there's ways to connect. There's ways to, to research different avenues for getting help out there. If you do need help in the interim, you know, trying to get all of this government stuff figured out, there's, individual people and your community that are there for you too. So don't forget about that in your area. No. And I think that there's a lot of, like, I know um, a very good family friend of ours, their church last night was giving out, they had boxes of fruits, fresh fruits and vegetables, and you could go, um, they had it for their community. Of course they let their church know, but also for their community, for them to be able to come get a box. Um, and this was actually in a community where they do have some poverty and more poverty stricken. Um, where we live at in Texas, we don't have a ton of it right now, right? Immediate. It's not in front of our eyes all the time, which is very, you know, not true to the rest of the world. Um, it's very rosy glasses. <laughs> so I guess you could say, um, but I know that there's a, I know there was also another friend of ours that their church up in like Portland and they, they actually had kind of like a drive through where they could put in a box of, of, of food, um, just to get you through. So, um, I know that there's a lot of those situations, like Megan said, like with your community, if you need to check those out, um, and see and pull because people are, are really trying to help others and, and everything. So, yeah. um, these are, those are the moments you get really encouraged by humanity and you get encouraged by your neighbors and your community and, and, and such. So, um, people want to help in, yeah. in, in a lot of situations. So, and don't be ashamed. There should not be any yeah. shame with needing no. that help or, you know, needing a hand up from your neighbors. That's why people are banding together to do this kind of stuff for each other. You know, it's a hard time for a lot of people. And like you said, everyone's affected, but there's definitely people that have been affected way more than than others. So don't don't feel bad getting that assistance. I just want to throw that out there that like no. You're not alone. You don't have to rely completely on the government because it is going to take time. And there's people out there that are doing some really great things that, you know, it's it's there to help. So don't forget about that. Absolutely. 
Could not have said it better myself, Meg. Okay, so paid family leave. Um, okay, so this is part of it, um, part of the CARES Act that actually, I'm sorry, part of the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, okay? And it was signed into law on March 18th, okay? okay? So this only applies to businesses with fewer than 500 employees, um, but you as an individual can get up to 12 weeks of family leave. Now the first two weeks do have to be unpaid. Okay. So that is one caveat of it. Okay. Um, if they, you know, have to stay at home because schools or daycares are closed because of the pandemic and you don't, you just don't have options. Okay. So the expansion allows, you know, individuals that were laid off on or after March 1st, but then rehired before the end of 2020 to access this. Now, to be eligible for this leave, you do have to have worked, you know, 30, at least 30 days before the initial layoff. Okay. okay. That's now, not long though. I feel like it's been longer in the past. It's been like what, six months or something before you can yeah. Yeah. Typical, like FMLA or things like that. So, well, some, some businesses choose not to give um, like benefits um, until 90 days, like three months or six months. Um, yeah. You have to be employed by them before you can, you can get that. So, um, you know, and one thing I want to say about that is, so you have to be rehired before the end of 2020. So I feel like this is very, um, can be kind of confusing because who knows if you're going to be rehired. So maybe that's you and you're going, I don't know if I'm going to be rehired. I, yeah. I mean, not we still got a long ways before the end of 2020. Yes, exactly. Um, so that's something that, you know, talk to your employer, um, talk to their, you know, if they have an HR department or, um, that you can talk to um, and, and to get further definition on that. So what the benefit is, is that it's two thirds of your pay and it's got a maximum, it's got a ceiling of $200 a day um, uh, or an aggregate of $10,000 per worker. So in other words, it can't, you, you can only make a thousand bucks a week on this. Okay. okay. So two thirds of your pay with a $200 min maximum per day. Okay. So what the employers do, they actually cut the family leave checks to the employee and then they get reimbursed um, by the federal government. Okay? okay. So another piece of this is the paid sick leave. Okay. So both part-time and full-time employees, this is applicable to. Okay. So they're going to get 80 hours of paid sick leave at full pay. So this is also capped um, at $511 a day or $5,110 per worker with part-timers receiving a proportionate number of hours. So if, depending on, you know, what, how your part-time status is, what your, you know, I would think they're probably going to use like an average hour. So if you average 20 hours a week, you would probably get half of that. You could assume. Okay. okay. Always check with your employer though. They're the ones that are going to cut the checks. They're the one that's going to be the final decision on that. So, okay. okay. So, um, these are individuals who are unable to work or telework because they're under medical quarantine or treatment before the COVID-19, okay? Or they suspect they have an illness and they're ordered to quarantine at home to be eligible for the pay, okay? Okay. So this also extends out to individuals that are staying home to care for somebody else who has COVID-19 or thinks they may have it because the tests are not an instantaneous test. Mm -hmm. They're really, there's a lot of gray area here um, that they are, are working out. 
So also this sick leave also extends out even further. <laughs> if you have a child whose school or daycare is closed because of um, COVID-19, the two thirds day, once again, it's kind of that family leave act, okay, at $200 per day. So keep that in mind too. All right, so student loan relief, um, that if you actually have um, interest, will not accrue on federal loans from April through September 30th and no payments must be made. So this is the thing I will tell you, don't ever assume, okay? Don't, I would call your student loan provider and I would verify that before you just start not making payments and assume that they're taking this. I would verify, um, there'll probably be some sort of statement, some sort of, if you wanna log in online and not call in. Um, sometimes there's a chat option with your help. So maybe you can multitask and do something else with it. Um, but I would always ask that. Okay. Um, and I would not, um, I would not assume that. And if it's a private um, student loan, you know, it's, I think these are more with the department of education. So like I said, make sure you call your lender and make sure that that is, that is clear. Okay. Okay. So now let's talk about the changes to retirement accounts. Okay, so a couple of changes with the retirement plans. Um, the CARES Act actually has created um, individuals the ability to withdraw up to $100,000 from your retirement accounts. So these can be 401ks or an IRA account, and you don't have to pay that 10% penalty, which is typically assessed on your tax return um, for, that, for that tax year. So if you're, and if you're under the age of 59 and a half. So one of the kickers here is though that you have to pay this back within three years or recontribute that back in. So okay. that amount has to be recontributed in or repaid back, whichever way you want to say that. Okay? Um, okay. So each facilitator of these accounts may provide, may, you may need to provide different documentation and it would be up to the facilitator of that account as to, you know, you may have to prove that you have the, you know, coronavirus related distribution. So maybe your financial hardship or, or whatnot. So one other thing is that, um, and if it's not repaid, the withdrawal will be taxed at ordinary income tax rates over a three-year period. So um, that will get assessed. You get like, a, I'm guessing that they would come out on a form just like you took the distribution out um, and, you, and the early payment um, penalty, that 10% will be assessed from what I read and from what I have researched that that'll be assessed over three years. So it won't be all lump summed right after the three years or anything, but it will be allocated out over the following three years, following your three year, <laughs> kind of a tongue twister, following the three years of their, um, their period of with withdrawal. Okay. Okay. So, so it would be the end of the three years and then you have three years of basically recognition. So if you pulled out $60,000 and mm -hmm. you didn't pay it back um, within those three years, um, you know, when that three years ends and you hit year one, it's going to recognize $20,000 and 10% of the penalty. And the next okay. year, $20,000 in the next year. That's how okay. I have read that to be. Now, I think there's so many clarifications and rulings yeah. that we made. Um, they're trying to roll this out and get people the ability to get access to cash as quickly as their cash as quickly as possible. So um, one other thing that just a, that's a change within the retirement plan and the retirement uh, plan community is that the 
the loans, if the loans on your retirement plans, they actually have been temporarily raised from $50,000 to $100,000. The current rule is that the loans may not exceed half of a 401k's participants vested account balance. So that's actually been waived um, for right now. So you can take out um, a bigger loan against your, your retirement accounts. Okay, perfect. So the requi- also just on the retirement piece, um, the required minimum distributions, which if you're over 72, those are those are required for you know traditional IRAs, um, SEPs, or your 401k accounts, not your not your Roth accounts. Okay, if you do have those, but those have been waived for 2020. Okay, so you do not have a required minimum distribution for 2020. Okay. So just kind of in summary, just some individual chips from just from a practical standpoint, okay? There is mortgage relief under the act as well. However, and it's a six-month deferment, but it's if your mortgages are held with Freddie, Freddie Mac or, or Fannie Mae, okay? Which alerts a lot of mortgages that aren't. So if you are experiencing a hardship and you call who holds your mortgage and see what they're offering because from financial institution to financial institution, it may be different. Maybe they go to interest only payments and not principal and interest, or maybe they give you three months of deferment and they, what they do though, is they, that three months is just tacked on to the end of your loan. Right. So that, it's not just forgiven. Well, you still got to pay that. that. Yeah. So, I mean, if you are foreseeing something getting laid off, you know, try to take a reduction um, if you need to save up and and kind of get educated in the process and everything. Um, so, yes, there is mortgage relief. However, it varies from institution to institution. If you are not with Freddie Mac and, and Fannie Mae, that um, that is only with those two um, federal lending institutions. Okay. okay. So, so, you know, look at your budget. Okay. If you rent, maybe you could ask your landlord for some relief options and what you can do there. So just ask your landlord if there's relief options. Okay. Um, look at, look at, you know, if you have your credit card or your checking account, maybe there's things that are hitting that you didn't realize you subscriptions still, you thought you'd canceled, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, I say you really need to learn to know your bare bones budget. So what does it take to live? Um, you know, you, you if you have your mortgage or mortgage interest or if you and when you start to break those down, you can kind of get an idea of what you can what you have to pay. These are things that you're going to have to pay um, beyond a shadow of a doubt and that you have to continue. And, you know, then after that, you can start kind of shaving off where you can and knowing that. So sometimes it's hard to look at finances. <laughs> there are times there are months that I, I don't even want to look <laughs> because maybe it's just been more of an intense month. Maybe we've just been busier than normal or whatever. Um, but you have to be in control of them. And especially in a time right now, it's just a really good idea to know where you stand and what you can do to further cut. You know, you can call your cell phone, your internet, your cable company. Maybe there's new promotions or relief that might be available. Um, You know, just really take that time to really fine tune exactly what we need um, or what you need to live on um, and what you have to make. Fantastic. And I want to thank you again, Jamie, for putting together this summary, because I think it was a really great overview of the facts that the IRS has actually established, you know, and I know I mentioned in the business um, 
episode that we did with Katina and Teresa, the hours of investment that they've put into courses and reading about the tax laws. And I know you've been in the same boat. So thank you for boiling all that down to talk about the personal and family impact so that we really know what to expect and what's been actually decided. And we're not just relying on hearsay or, you know, some rumor that we heard. So if you have any questions, like we said, shoot us an email. We'll be happy to, you know, help out where we can. And as always, we ask you to share. If, you know, anyone else could use this information, feel free to forward it over to them. Subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. We release every week on Monday, in addition to our special episodes that we've been releasing about all of this tax information, the stimulus bills that are coming out. We're trying to get you the information that you need as soon as possible. So as always, keep that momentum going and we will see you next week. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.